Welcome to The Fattest Girl in the Room. This is a podcast about being a fat girl in a not-so-fat-friendly world. Welcome back to The Fattest Girl in the Room. I am your host, Tay. I am the blogger behind the wildly unpopular and mildly inappropriate blog about plus-size life, which you can find at Hello Tay, which is www.hellotae.com. You can obviously find that in the show notes. Hello, ladies and gents. We are so back. Okay, so there's probably not any dudes hanging out on this particular podcast. Maybe. I don't know. No judgment here. I'm just going to guess that you're probably not hanging out with the fattest girl in the room, which is currently me. Um, Per usual, I am the only girl in the room. So that's just kind of a thing that happened um, or happens because I record solo you know, noise and stuff. Okay, so I have finally resurfaced from my COVID-induced exile, and I am more than ready to get back in business here on the podcast. I did briefly put out an episode, I can't remember if it was like the summer or the fall, with full intentions to get back into it, but as it turns out, I just honestly wasn't ready. So for all three of you that got really super excited about me coming back, I am so sorry. <laughs> um, but you'll be glad to know that I am truly ready to hang out with you in audio format. I've got a collection of interviews that I did kind of over the past months. Um, a few of them were from like the original show lineup that I had done and then, you know, whatever COVID and stuff. Uh, and a few of them are really new. I did them kind of in December and stuff. So we are ready. I'm really excited. Um, they'll be dropping on the show starting this month. Um, and then we'll kind of go from there and we'll be adding more interviews from some of my other favorite fat friends that I have lined up to share stories and insights. However, on this episode, you will not be hearing from any of them. It's just going to be you and me hanging out and we're going to be talking about our celebrity crushes. Okay. So first and foremost, I am recording in a different location than I uh, normally would. I am not in my apartment anymore. So if the sound is a little bit different, I apologize. This is like a very dated house that I'm in. So like the carpet is like a lush shag. (laughs) So I'm guessing that the sound will actually be a little bit better, but I don't really know. In any case, um, and my dog is sleeping in the background, so if you hear some random snoring, that's where that is coming from. So I struggled to come up with the perfect topic to kick this bad boy off again, uh, despite the fact that I obviously know that there's no such thing as perfect or the perfect topic. I wanted to do something really lighthearted and fun, but most importantly, I needed something that I actually wanted to talk about. This is part of the reason why I've been struggling the past few weeks to record something is I just cannot find something to sink my teeth in to. So I decided why not cover one of my favorite COVID pastimes, uh, daydreaming about celebrities. (laughs) It's been a long one, guys. Don't roll your eyes at me because I know so many of you have spent a ton of time by yourself over the past year. And if you're single like me and you're not willing to get yourself like a pandemic special friend, then you've probably spent most of your evenings alone. I watch a ton of films and I've known for watching a film and then being reminded about some hot dude that I at one point had fantasies about. And then I had, um, sorry, and then I go and do like a deep dive 
into all of the film and TV content that I can get my pandemic friendly, totally clean hands on uh, of theirs. And so I kind of like go through these little like, you know, wormholes. I tend to be a one celebrity crush kind of gal, which is also reflective of my dating life, although it's at zero right now. So I'm a zero real life boyfriend kind of gal right now. In any case, um, my definitely would do list is pretty concise and it's full of dudes that you might not find on other people's lists. I'm not going to go through the whole list, guys. And since I happen to know whether or not we want to admit it, we all have celebrity crushes. I wanted to dive into kind of why we have celebrity crushes with zero scientific backing, by the way, guys. Um, Whether or not they're technically healthy, for the record, regardless of what the professionals say, I am fully in the yes category. And share, mostly, mostly though, actually, mostly we're here to share some of my 100% embarrassing um, and maybe funny celebrity crush stories. So this whole idea came about because last week I was reading this article and it was titled Why We Thirst After After Celebrities. Um, It was written by Hannah Rose Yee. She's a a writer and it was published on Repeller. And I don't think Repeller publishes anymore, um, but it was published in 2019. So it's not like a brand new article or anything like that. And if you haven't had a chance to read it, I would really encourage you to do because I not only laughed my ass off the whole way through, like the absolute whole way through, um, but it was really relatable. (laughs) Uh, The article is linked uh, uh, in the blog post for this episode. So if you go there, you can read, like click through and just read the article. Anyway, she starts the article out with, quote, not a day goes by that I don't think about Chris Pine. And then she goes into some examples and I'll let you read those on her own. And in the third paragraph, she says, and I quote, for a while, I toyed with Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born and I will, I will always carry a torch for Michael B. Jordan, but Chris Pine is clearly my number one imaginary boyfriend. And if I weren't confident I wasn't alone in these preoccupations, I might be shy about admitting it. But pinups have existed as long as there were bedroom walls for posters to be pinned upon. And I'd wager we're living in the golden age of the celebrity crush, end quote. This article spoke to me on a whole host of levels, not just because I wholeheartedly relate to trying out imaginary celebrity boyfriends, um, kind of depending on my mood and what I'm watching on TV, but most of which exists in like the mid 40s to mid 50s age range, which um, considering my 1991 birth date is another topic for an entirely different podcast episode that we'll probably get to at least some point. But also because we or at least most of us have these celebrity crushes that we're both like slightly embarrassed about, but also weirdly possessive of. I don't know about you, but that like describes me perfectly. Uh, my number one celebrity crush that I tend to go back to for those interested in knowing, uh, my Chris Pine, if you will, is... Um, <laughs> It's none other. This is so weird. It's my podcast. I can talk about whatever I want. And I still feel really weird about admitting it. Uh, It's Brendan Fraser. Uh, For those of you that don't know who he is, you don't recognize the name because you're not weirdly obsessed with late 90s or early 2000 action films. Um, He was in the Mummy series. Uh, He played Rick O'Connell. He was in Journey to the Center of the Earth. And he also played uh, George of the Jungle. Um, which is like a Disney, I hope you've seen it. Uh, if you haven't, it's on Disney Plus and please go watch it because it's just, it actually holds up. Um, I 
I watched it just after I got Disney Plus and I haven't seen it obviously in years. Um, I think we had like a VHS copy of it. Anyway, I watched it right after I got Disney Plus. And then my roommate at the time, I was like, oh my goodness, I just watched Georgia the Jungle and it was so funny. And he was like, I have to watch Georgia the Jungle. So the two of us watched Georgia the Jungle like the next day. And then my sister came over to visit and we were telling her that we had just watched George of the Jungle and she was like, I need to watch George of the Jungle. So I watched George of the Jungle three times in as many days. So it's a good it's a good film. And I actually just watched it again last week because I felt like it. So sue me. Um, so for those of you that do know who he is, uh, I would like to state the quote, judge not lest you be judged, ladies. Thank you. Um, I will let you do your own Google search on your own time. But his uh, dad bod and current vibe currently like work wonders for me. So um, that probably tells you a lot about my personalities, maybe stuff that you didn't want to know. Anyway, I personally think and actually like a quote from the Repeller article backs me up on that for whatever this is worth. Um, that celebrity crushes tell us a lot about who we are and what we're looking for in the, quote, real world. Um, Of course, we don't know these people, uh, or most of us don't. I guess some of us, like, have met said celebrity crush. I'm going to guess that most of us have not, though. Um, So we're basing our picture that we make on the idea of a person. Uh, That person's obviously real and fictional in some context, depending on how you look at it, but they're both real and fictional. They, yes, they, they exist, they're real people, but we base our idea on them of fragments of what they see. And then obviously also who they play on TV. So if they play a character you really liked, you're going to take traits from that character and you're going to build like this beautiful profile in your mind of what that person looks like and who they are, you know, how they speak, what they say. Anyway, a quote from the article also says, uh, crushes used to be a thing of, of ecstatic adolescence held in swoon secrecy. I don't know if I was overly secretive about my crushes. Um, but it continues to say now we can moon over our internet boyfriends, and they are internet boyfriends and girlfriends, as in as much or as little detail as we want. Sorry, that was a really chopped up version of that quote. But um, So this is all 100% true. The internet allows us access to everything from the latest interview with said crush to a 15 second clip of them signing an autograph at the airport after they just got off a plane. Not that I have watched any of those. Thank you very much for more than 10 seconds. Um, so we can go on the internet and we can access these little fragments and build our dream imaginary partner in our mind. And, you know, since it's like a Build-A-Bear boyfriend is what it is. It's exactly like that. And we get to create this idea of this person in our head. And they are a person that exists in reality. But the the version of them that we... The version of them that we would daydream about or whatever is obviously going to be very, very different from who they are as an individual. And I think that's really important to point out. Um, I remember when I was a teenager, I was absolutely obsessed with Good Charlotte. Uh, They're a punk rock pop band. I don't really know what category they fall into. They're known for like the songs, lifestyles of the rich and the famous and the anthem and whatever. Um, 
I was like obsessed with them, obsessed, obsessed. I had posters all of my wall. I was adamantly convinced that like, you know, 13 or 14 that I was going to marry one of the Madden brothers, guarantee it. Um, and it honestly really didn't matter which one <laughs> I would take either of them. And at that time, while you could access things like press photos from big events or, you know, kind of like towards the later years, you could access music videos, which was basically my number one pastime at the time. Um, if I wanted interviews with them or whatever, I had to tune into like much music. Um, I'm Canadian for the record. So we had much music, not necessarily MTV. Uh, when I got home from school, I do remember like one time I raced home from school on the bus because I absolutely had to see Good Charlotte like live on Much Music. I was also convinced I was going to be like a Much Music VJ video video person, whatever. I don't know. I'm a podcaster, so I guess it's probably not that much different. I'm a very unfamous podcaster, though, so take with that what you will. Um, anyway, I fully admit to the fact that my uh, crush on the front brothers of Good, Good Charlotte led to the creation of my own band, um, despite the few fact that like music is not a skill that I possess at all. I attempted to learn how to play sax, like saxophone, the alto saxophone actually, when I was in junior high I think for like band and I did go to band camp it's not what you would expect it would be like maybe I'll share a band camp story with you at a later date um but I did play like one instrument and at some point I learned how to play the piano like and by learn how to play the piano I mean like I could play like Marietta Little Lamb and pretty much nothing more so music is really not in my wheelhouse um my mom seems to think, actually, my entire family seems to think I'm really good at karaoke, but I would like to point out that they say that and they're like totally plastered when they do. So I, I don't sing and I don't play instruments, but I created a band because um, I was obviously going to tour with Good Charlotte. Uh, the band was called So Called, by the way. I don't know why. Um, I didn't watch like my So Called Life or whatever, so I don't know where that came from. Anyway... Um, unfortunately the band ended shortly after it began because I spent, uh, way more time building our early 2000s website, which was basically like this pink background with like black courier text and photos from the like 1600 photo shoots I made us do. Um, so it's not really a surprise that that didn't work out. And it's also not clearly not a surprise that I ended up working in marketing, uh, when I became an adult. So that's, that's a little fun, fun factor. There was also some fan fiction involved. Um, I wrote like a good, like hand wrote like a good, like 60 page lined paper, handwritten story of fan fiction about good Charlotte. I'm not sure. First of all, I don't really remember what was in it. I'm sure it was like not good for 14. I probably shouldn't have been writing it. Also, I do remember that in the story, our our band that probably had broken up at the time was obviously touring with Good Charlotte and I think Simple Plan. There was like a thing where one of the guys from Simple Plan, and I don't really remember them very well, I'd have to like Google it, but one of the guys from Simple Plan I also thought was like really attractive. So that's fun fact. Um, and I'm really hoping, uh, my mom made me keep that. She, I Hopefully she never read it, but uh, I remember when we were like cleaning up my first apartment and we were moving to my second apartment, she found this notebook and I was like, oh yeah, it's like a story, blah, 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 blah. 
she's like, oh, you should totally keep this for like memory's sake. And so I like kind of shoved it away because I didn't want to like throw it out and make it super obvious what it was. Um, But I'm really hoping that at some point in the past like 10 years that I've actually managed to throw it out. I did just downsize my from an apartment to a suitcase. So I'm really hoping that it didn't make it into like one of my sentimental boxes. But that'll be something I discover in like 10 years. Um, I had posters of these guys and I had all of their CDs, um, except for actually there was this one CD called the Chronicles of Life and Death. Um, my mother refused to allow me to buy it despite the fact that I had my own money to pay for it because she thought it was like unchristian and inappropriate. I think it was like marked explicit and it had the word death in the title. So um, my 13 or 14 year old self or however I was, how However old I was when uh, that album came out was obviously super devastated and I'm pretty sure there was tears involved. Um, But my first celebrity crush wasn't the boys from Good Charlotte. Uh, That was probably like my like 12, 13, 14, maybe even like 15 up to 16. I did see them in concert once, I think. I'm not a concert person, so loud music. I'm basically an 80-year-old woman in a, like, 30-year-old's body because concerts make me uncomfortable. I don't like the loud music. I don't like the screaming kids who are, like, my age. I guess they're not my age anymore, but they were when I was a teenager. Um, I don't like loud noises. I don't like people getting squished into rooms and whatever. And so I... I did think I think I did go see them once they were played at like the UFC or whatever with like the University of Calgary. They're like McEwen Hall or or whatever it's called. And it was like some small show. And it was kind of like on like they're down, you know, bands like they go up and they're like super popular and they're playing like stadium tours and then they like drop down. I mean, not everyone in music does this, by the way. There's obviously some people that are like remain classically celebritized. I don't know. <laughs> I think I made that word up. Anyway, uh, it was like on their down, whatever, one of their like lower plateaus of their music careers. I think they're now like, I don't know, on the voice or something. So we'll call it that they pretty much tapped out. Anyway, they were not my first celebrity crush. Um, I do remember my first celebrity crush and he wasn't even like a proper celebrity, although I was like eight years old, so he was totally a celebrity. I didn't know who he was, and he was on TV or he was on a movie. Um, he, <laughs> it was this character from this film series called uh, Commander Kelly and the Super Kids. God, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that. Um, I not that I like go around mentioning it like, Hey, have you heard of Commander Kelly and the super kids to like everyone I know? But anytime I have mentioned it, people have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm kind of assuming it was like a niche thing. Um, and there is a real reason for that. Anyway, the, the character, it wasn't even the kid. Like there's no, this was like 99 or whatever. So there's like no opportunity to, or like limited opportunity, despite the fact that my dad was a computer technician. So we did have access to computers at a pretty, like I had access to computers at a pretty young age. The internet was like the dial up internet. And so it's not like I was on Google searching hot dudes all the time. Um, I was eight, so I wasn't on the computer anyway. Um, his, the character's name was rapper. Um, I think he was played by a guy named Steven Glenn. I looked this up 
for this episode and now I cannot remember and it looks like I didn't write it down. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, he wasn't an actor or if he was, he quit after being a child actor. So that's, that's a fun fact. Um, anyway, so for those of you that have no idea, um, <laughs> what it is, Commander Kelly and the Super Kids was a feature film series put out in like the nineties, went from like 92 to 99, I think. Um, and there was like three or four sci-fi films and they were created by Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Um, he is like a, a TV preacher, I guess we'll call him a really big one too in the States. Um, and it focused on a group of like children of super believers or super kids that fought evil, I guess on behalf of, or like with Jesus and, and the Bible and the church group and whatever, um, and the like Commander Kelly or whatever was actually Kelly Copeland. So she's Kenneth Copeland's daughter. I think she's a, a preacher herself now. Um, and they fought bad guys, um, like NME, the evil empire. And, and by enemy, the evil empire, I mean like N, like the letters N, M, and E, enemy get it yeah cute okay and um characters like general fear and i think there was like major dread or something like that um anyways it's kind of like a dumpster fire of sci-fi i really enjoyed it as a kid and actually um you kind of have to know you kind of have to see it to know what i'm talking about um and you can by the way, uh, because all of the films are on YouTube and I will 100% link all of the films. You can like click through and, and like do like a quick scan of what I'm talking about. It's really cheesy. I loved it. And I recently rewatched all of these, um, all of the, sh the series, like not even that long ago, like within the past year, just cause I was like, what was this that I watched when I was a kid? And I still enjoyed it from the aspect of like remembering that I enjoyed it as a kid. They're not good. Just to clarify, they're actually really bad. Um, but I enjoyed it. So that's that's kind of a fun little fact. Anyways, there's like a book series, I think, too. And an entire online curriculum these days. But um, Kid Tay, me, I was really into these films. So my first celebrity crush was the fict fictional character rapper. Um, he was played by, obviously, like I said, Stephen Glenn. So it looks like I did write it down here, um, who I don't think ever acted again. I did try to like Google him on or like Instagram search him or whatever. I just wanted to see if I would think he was attractive now, but I can't find him. So I'm going to guess he like <laughs> let his star celebrity star fade. Um, anyway, we meet him as like a tyke in like the 1992 uh, film, The Intruder. He's like maybe eight. Um, I'm really bad at ages. So he's probably like seven, eight or whatever. And then he starts like white boy rapping five minutes in. <laughs> and I would have seen this film when I was like, I don't know, probably like six or seven or whatever. And then you see him in his like final straight to DVD performance in the 1999 film Judgment, The Trial of Commander Kelly. And then there's some films in between there. He's in all of them. Um, and in that film, he does his like final, um, I guess you can call it a rap on the soundtrack. It was like the song called Christ and Me. Um, and he was like 16 or 17 at the time, maybe 18 he could have been. Um, so, uh, yes, 
to answer your question, I did have the soundtrack as a kid. Um, and yes, to answer your second question, I can still sing the words. I listened to the song the other day to see if I remembered it. And I do remember all of the lyrics. It's not a challenging song, so I'm not really going to give myself credit for that. Um, but just, uh, just so you know, and, um, no, (laughs) I'm definitely not going to sing it because like we just talked about, I have zero, uh, musical talents and I don't want to, um, but you can find a link to the song on the blog so you can listen to it on your own. Um, and it's funny because I still, as like a fully grown, like certified adult that can vote and pay taxes, still remember that crush and, I probably remember it because it was like the first and only, I just want to clarify only, time at like maybe eight or nine or ten that I actually like kissed the television screen. Um, <laughs> if you're wondering, I do remember turning off the lights and like pausing the screen so I would like get the right guy. Obviously, you don't want to like, you know. There's other characters you want to get. You want to get the right one Um, and definitely close my eyes and puckered up. And um, it was 100 percent as weird as it sounds. Um, That was like my first kiss, if you want to count that. And then my actual first kiss didn't come for like a long time after that. So it's really sad. Anyway, (laughs) Um, and then sometime I kind of remember in between like uh, the Super Kids Crush and like Good Charlotte. Or maybe it was close. It might have been like in the good Charlotte years. Um, there was Jesse McCartney. Does anyone remember Jesse McCartney? He still makes music these days, guys. I literally just Googled him. Also, I Googled how old he was because I was like, I I remember him being so much older when I was like young. Um, but he's like 33, so he's like a few years older than me. Yeah, we would have like pretty much went to high school together. Anyway, um, there, Jesse McCartney, and not just like Jesse McCartney, not like Jesse McCartney, um, singer or whatever. Although I did love the song "Beautiful Girl," and every once in a while, like fourteen-year-old Tay takes over the Spotify playlist and does play, um, "Beautiful Girl" or what I think it's called "Beautiful Girl." Anyway, his like hit single from two thousand and something. Um, but Jesse McCartney was in Summerland and he was so cute. I think Summerland ran for like a season, maybe two. Um, I looked to see because I actually really did enjoy the show and I love those like cheesy, teeny, whatever shows. I don't know why I rewatched Gossip Girl like two summers ago because I just couldn't get enough of it. Um, which would have played when I was a teenager. This was, I think... If I remember correctly, Summerland was like a little bit, like it was like in my preteen years, I think, or like just heard a teenager. So it wasn't really like a teenage thing for me. Um, and it really didn't run for very long. It was on like the CW or whatever. Um, and it was like very scandalous. It's about these kids who uh, I think they lose their parents and they move in with like their aunt Ava or something and uh, played by Lori Laughlin, who I liked until she went to jail. Um fun fact. Um, anyway, I remember there's a scene where Lori Laughlin's character, Aunt Ava, 
catches Brayden, which was Jesse's character, in bed with, I think, like, Sarah Paxton. And it was, like, that was probably, like, my first, like, TV introduction to sex. Um, Not that you see anything, by the way. And it was, like, very, I was, like, how scandalous. Let me watch it again. Like, reverse, 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 watch again. Anyway, I I feel like it was not pervy because I was, like, a preteen at the time. So, whatever. By the way, um, for those who have Zach Efron on their hot list, and honestly, like, basically all of us have Zach Efron. He's, like, the universal. I find there's there's two universal celebrity crushes that everyone has and everyone's okay with. The first is usually Zach Efron, and this is on the dude's end of things. Um, for women, it would probably be, like, Beyonce, and who's that other one? Whatever. I don't know. On the dude end of things, we have Zach Efron, and on the older scale of things, we have Maz Mikkelsen. I have never, I, <laughs> I remember I was like in a meeting with ladies one day running a meeting. This is how professional I am, guys. How profesh. And we were, it was like, it was a film thing. And um, <laughs> I don't know how we got on the topic. I must have, we must have been talking about different films or whatever. And Mass Mickelson was mentioned and like everyone in the room was like oh my god that guy is so hot anyways he's like always voted Danish Denmark's sexiest man alive or whatever so that's great so we've got Zach Afron we've got Mass Mickelson that's kind of like the universal crushes and everyone's else's crush like falls in the middle I think I'm gonna guess this is 100% by the way unscientific so I'm just making shit up like I normally do on this podcast. So some Reddit user I found, I was on like Reddit (laughs) looking at forums about celebrity crushes and someone did say, I don't see the appeal of crushing on someone who doesn't know you exist and have never really met in person. I also don't see why anyone would crush on people as flashy and fake as celebrities, but I kind of think they're missing the point entirely of celebrity crushes. Um... So I'm going to stop here and say this is an episode that I really hope goes nowhere (laughs) because I'm going to admit something that's maybe like a little sad or just embarrassing to some people. I don't really care. Um, I admit embarrassing things all the time. Did I tell you about the time that I peed my pants when I was like 12? We'll get to that at some point. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I... There are a lot of times I would rather escape into like the safety of my own mind where I lay out the rules, I make the story, um, then trying to like unravel the complexities that is the world we live in or like current, like, you know, you know, adult relationships. My God, sometimes they're so complicated. Um, Whether that be like daydreaming pieces of a fictional story that I'm working on. Um, So I do have like creative outlets that don't involve celebrity crushes. (laughs) Not very many of them, but I do. Um... Whether it's like, you know, I, I I go for walks during the day. So I like listen to my music. I'll like write a story, like a legitimate story that I end up writing and intend to publish one day that doesn't have any reference to Brendan Fraser and his beautiful eyes. <laughs> beautiful. Anyway, um, or an adorable like meet cute with your celebrity crush um, or the absolutely impossible. Let's just say I've destroyed a lot of mummies in my time in my mind. Um, so I think it gives us that like escape. It's It's the same thing that I feel I'm very big on imagination. I'm very big on um, dreaming big. This is this doesn't fit exactly into that category, but I'm very big on like letting your mind wander. I think it's really relaxing for you. 
I think it allows you to clear your mind. I think that's really important, especially for me. I have really bad anxiety and I can get really stuck on a subject or a topic and it will just beat in my brain constantly. And so I use tools, specific tools, one of them, which would include my celebrity crush, um, to kind of like empty that out and clear it out so I can go back and sit down on my computer and work or do whatever I need to do uh, with a clear mind. In the Repeller article that I mentioned at the beginning, uh, Jeanette, I think her name is, I'm going to pronounce her name Jeanette, uh, but it's J-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. Davies, who co-founded uh, what was formerly known as Scarlet Ladies, it's now called Sonder and Beam, um, said, or she was quoted saying, uh, a crush is ultimately a fantasy and fantasies help us explore the recess of our sexuality. What do we like? What don't we like? What do we want? And I mean, really, really want <laughs> all of which I agree on. But I also think the whole idea of a celebrity crush gives us an alternative Cinderella-esque timeline that allows us to, you know, test romance and lifestyle ideals and see how they fit into our personality. Um, or you know what? Maybe they're not. I'm not a psychologist. Maybe that's not what happens. Um, perhaps I am just doing the whole celebrity crush thing wrong. Um, so for me these days, my celebrity crush hovers between the likes of Pedro Pascal, who was in the Mandalorian uh, he, and Narcos and Prospect actually is my favorite film of his. Uh, it's on Netflix if you want to go watch it. It's sci-fi. I love sci-fi. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous man. He's also played Oberon Martell on Game of Thrones, guys. Uh, Maz Mikkelsen. We're going to, I'm just going to put him out there as a given. Um, Rufus Sewell. I don't know if anyone knows who Rufus Sewell is. I obviously do. He is this, I imagine tall. I actually don't know if he's tall. He could be really short, but like tall, dark looking, um, he looks like a bad guy constantly. Um, he's he's a British actor. He's an English actor. He was in uh, The Man in the High Castle. If you guys have ever watched The Man in the High Castle, he was in that. Um, what's that one? The like holiday switch one where they like switch houses. He was in that too. He played like the kind of bad guy, I guess, in that. Anyway, whatever. He's really cute. You can Google him. I think he's adorable. Um, probably not a word that he would like be cool with me using to describe him, but that's fine. He's never going to hear this, so I don't really care. And for like a week after the latest Rebecca filmed, it, um, my celebrity crush was 100% Army Hammer. Until um, I decided I don't really think he's my type. So that's great. But um, Brendan Fraser, like 2020 Brendan Fraser, not like George of the Jungle, but... Not that I would pass that up either, but uh, he's he's my whole package. In the words of Maria from the comment section, I have, quote, married him once a week <laughs> for the last few years. It's a combination of those gorgeous eyes, his lovely voice, that height, tall guys. It's my kryptonite, right, ladies? Seriously, I know lots of people are into that. And the dad bod. You can judge all you want, but the heart wants what the heart wants. But I want to hear from you. If you've listened this far, tell me who your celebrity crush is and why. All celebrity crushes are welcome. Um, seriously, I actually want to know. First of all, I want to know that all of you people listening were like, oh, girl, I kind of sort of related to that. Um, you don't have to relate to kissing the TV. That's fine. I will not judge you for that. Um, 
but yeah, go to hellote.com and comment on the blog post or send me an email directly to heygirl at hellote.com. Um, hellote.com, by the way, is H-E-L-L-O, like the word hello, and Tay is T-A-E-E com, Or just drop me a comment in the socials. I want to know who everyone's celebrity crushes. I want to know if anyone else has Brendan Fraser as their number one. I'm going to guess that, well, there's got to be someone out there. Someone tell me that that's true. <laughs> Actually, I'm cool if I'm the only one. That's fine with me. That's fine. Anyway, um, I will be back next week. Next week, we will be talking about dating profiles and some really nightmarish, like, dating messages that I've gotten on <laughs> Tinder and other dating apps. I was actually kicked off Tinder. Not for the reason you think, but you'll have to come back and learn about it <laughs> on the next episode. I will see you back next Tuesday for another one of these one-on-one sessions. And, um, yeah. Go on and be the fattest girl in the room. Ciao, guys.